0: If you'd like to better understand which financial KPIs make the most sense for your organization, join us in the KPIs Every Financial Controller and FPNA Should Master event. In this 60 minute webinar, Paul Barnhurst, the founder of the FPNA guy, will dive into the key metrics every financial controller and FPNA professional should master, focusing on the formulas behind the numbers and the reason behind implementing their tracking in the first place. The webinar will take place on October 19th, starting from 12 p.m. EST. No matter what type of company or organization you work for, you won't want to miss this event. So find the link in the episode resources or head over to bbold.com forward slash webinar hyphen subscription to register. Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Stephen Arbaugh. Stephen is the Executive Vice President of Finance and Accounting and the Chief Financial Officer of the State Employees Credit Union of Maryland, SECU, the largest credit union in Maryland. He graduated from Towson University in 1978 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration and from Loyola College in 1983 with a Master's degree in Finance. Prior to joining SECU in 2008, Steve spent 30 years in commercial banking working for Provident Bank of Maryland, starting as an accounting clerk in 1978 and working his way to the position of Director of Asset-slash-Liability Management and Treasury Operations. Utilizing the fundamental principles of business he learned while at Towson and Loyola, Steve developed leadership skills in strategic planning, enterprise risk management, asset-slash-liability management, mergers and acquisitions, investment, and derivative portfolio management, and organizational change management. Steve is a past chairman of the Credit Union National Association, or CUNA, Finance Council, where he also served as chairman of the Membership and Regulatory Committees, and on the CUNA Council's Executive Committee. He worked directly with the National Credit Union Administration in restructuring the 5300 Call Report and the Financial Accounting Standards Board in the Development of Current Expected Credit Losses, CECL, standards, and on assessing the potential impact on credit unions. He co-founded the Maryland-D.C. Credit Union Association CFO Roundtable. Which meets quarterly with CFOs from Maryland and DC and surrounding states to share ideas and discuss challenges in maintaining the safety and soundness of their respective financial institutions. Steve was the Smart CEO Magazine CFO Executive Management Award winner in 2014 and is an honorary member of the Beta Gamma Sigma International Honor Society and was the 2016 Towson University Alumni Volunteer Service Award winner. In 2019, he was awarded the Best in Finance CFO Award by the Baltimore Business Journal. In 2022, Steve was named the CUNA Finance Council Professional of the Year. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode.
1: I look very very forward to speaking with you.
0: Yep. Today, we're going to be discussing a little bit about your career, some of the specific challenges associated with working for a credit union, and the importance of making a positive impact on community. And I'm excited to learn from you. So let's get started. Okay. As always, let's start with you and your story. How, how is it that you got to where you are today?
1: Okay. Um, as you said, my name is Steve Arbaugh, and I'm the uh, Executive Vice President of Finance and, uh, and Accounting and the Chief Financial Officer at CQ. Um, we are Mar- uh, CQ's largest. We are Maryland's largest credit union. Uh, prior to joining CQ in 2008, I spent 30 years in commercial banking uh, here in Baltimore. Um, it was one of those situations where CQ was looking for a treasure at the time. And, um, I felt the need to get out of commercial banking. So I made the switch and it was probably one of the best, uh, the decisions I made in my career. Um, you know, in, in commercial banking, you have to deal a lot with the dividend and uh, hitting the share price. And I had responsibility for managing all those investor relations when I was in commercial banking and to come over to the credit union space where it's, uh, you know, all about the member. Uh, it, it, it's been uh, quite re- rewarding the past 15 years uh, in, in the credit union uh, industry. Uh, I've, I've, um, I served as a uh, chair of the Kuna finance council. I've been on the council for the past 11 years. Um, it was the first, one of the first things I did when I came into the credit union industry, I knew very little, uh, about the credit union industry at the time. The, the first thing I did was Google, you know, what is a credit union? Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that all of us, all of us in credit union space, faces, uh, awareness. So, uh, I made the decision to come over and, um, uh it, you know, it, I joined the, the Kuna Finance Council as a, as a way of uh, expanding my knowledge of, uh, you know, what the credit union uh, industry is and what are the issues facing uh, CFOs and um uh, I also helped establish the ACUNA uh, Risk and Compliance Council that you know addresses uh, risk management you know throughout the credit union industry. Um, I helped co-found I co-founded the Maryland DC Credit Union Association CFO Roundtable. Uh, we gather finance professionals from uh, Maryland DC and surrounding states, and we meet quarterly to share. Uh, you know, the stories about what's going on in our institutions and discuss the challenges we all face in maintaining the safety and soundness of our, our respective financial institutions. And we've been doing that for about the past seven years. It's been very popular here in Maryland. I also served as treasurer on the board of the Credit Union Foundation of Maryland, D.C. And, you know, on that Uh, board, you know, our our sole purpose was to provide resources to uh, smaller credit unions in the community they serve and with an emphasis on financial literacy and uh, leadership uh, development and education. And more recently, I was uh, deeply honored to be recognized as the 2022 Professional of the Year by the CUNA Finance Council. And um, I, I was very involved with that, like I said, for 11 years. And I, I will continue to support all the efforts of the council and the development of uh, future uh, finance professionals going forward.
0: So when you made the transition to commercial bank, to credit union, was, was it a difficult one or was it all just a breath of fresh air?
1: For me, it, it was a, be- a, breath, a breath of uh, fresh air. I started out working for a mutual savings bank, which is the commercial banking equivalent to a credit union where, you know, the, the, the the depositors or the members uh, 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 have ownership of the business. And, uh, uh, you know, in my time in commercial banking, we converted over to a, um, uh, a publicly held commercial bank. And then, you know, The member becomes less important at that point because, you know, you got to worry about the investor and the shareholder and all that uh, that goes along with being a publicly held company. So it was a breath of fresh air for me to to get back in an industry where, um, you know, we have to be concerned about making a profit because we have to pay our salaries and we got to turn on the lights and we have to, you know, stay up with technology and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we're able to, you know, generate enough income, you know. The money is spent on uh, developing the, the credit union going forward and preparing us for the future, you know, and returning as much value as we possibly can to members.
0: So um, what are the reasons that someone banks with a credit union versus a commercial bank? And I mean, you might have just touched on it a bit with the reasons why you left a commercial bank, but what's in it for the consumer?
1: Um, you know, credit unions, um, because we don't have to pay the dividends and this is by no means a knock on commercial bank. Cause like I said, I spent 30 years in the industry, but, um, you know, we don't have to pay the dividends every quarter and we can invest those dividends back into the business, which generally allows us to have, um, uh, very competitive, uh, loan rates and very competitive deposit rates. And, uh, generally credit unions are able to keep their fees, um, you know quite quite reasonable you know compared to other financial institu- institutions um and you know we we you know work very hard here at CQ to um, you know, advance our technology and do all those things that we need to do to be relevant uh, going into the future. But um, uh, a lot of what we do is is, is relationship banking. Uh, we, we did not get too hard. We did not get hit too hard during the um, the Great Depression back in 08, 09, because we we know our members. Uh, we, we, we have relationships with our members. We'll work with them if they get in uh, you know trouble on their loans and, and things like that. So it's it's for for us. Uh, even though we are five billion in assets, and you know the largest credit union in Maryland, we 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 strive to uh, maintain that 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 relationship with the
0: member. And I'm just curious, can anyone bank with a credit union, or do you need specific, specific qualifications?
1: Uh, uh credit unions um get a a, a a tax break because they have what we call a, a a limited field of membership um you know for us you have to be uh, uh obviously a state employee with with CQB and the state employees credit union or uh there are other ways to join through uh you know affiliations with businesses that 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 uh that work with the state and and the state uh the state school system and the state hospital system, and um, you know the, the and there are credit unions serving just about any any type of um, uh, m- member depending on where they they work or live. So, and, you know the best thing to do if somebody looking to possibly join a credit union is just to you know Google credit unions in their respective. Uh, you know, states and see, you know, what the required fields of membership are or, or just call the credit union and find out if they, you know, if there's a way that they might be able to qualify for membership. But it is a limited, it, it is a limited field of membership. So there are, um, you know, uh, there are requirements to join.
0: And this is pretty impressive, but CQ membership has increased by 2% over the last five years, but assets have grown Forty five percent from three point two nine billion to just over five billion. So, can you talk about your growth strategy?
1: Yeah, a, a lot of that growth t- has taken place over over the past um, uh, three years. The, the 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 pandemic really really helped CQ speed up uh, uh, it, its 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 long term growth strategy. Um, you know we we've had uh, branches for o- over 70 years and we we put members at the heart of, of everything we do and we listen to their feedback and remain vigilant and in meeting and and also anticipating their needs and that that helps us make investment decisions here at CQ but um you know we're we're really embracing innovative technology now um you know similar to what uh, you know, all all the peer, all of our peer financial institutions are doing and, you know, we, we've redone all of our, you know, uh, financial centers, uh, you know, in trying to increase the flexibility of their banking options, you know, with ITM machines, um, uh, appointments and, and self-service banking, um, you know, when you enter one of our financial centers, um, you know, we have interactive teller machines and access to online banking, and you know, so people can do things uh, after hour if they choose to to do so. And uh, you know, one of the one of the areas of focus right now for us is on self service of the member because you know, quite frankly, we have the brick and mortar uh, branches like you know, all financial most financial institutions do, but you know, most of our members are looking for convenience, and a lot of that convenience is uh, you know, off hours. So we're trying to get uh, members as, as self-serving as possible through, you know, like I said, our, our online banking and our interactive teller machines. And, you know, during the pandemic, uh, one of, you know, with our branches being closed for, for months at a time, uh, we, we heavily invested in what we call our virtual financial center, which um, offers uh, members greater fl- flexibility to uh, uh, in-person banking uh, through the digital experience. So, um, you know, when when you enter the lobby of their virtual financial center, um, members receive an experience very similar to what they would expect uh, when visiting a, a physical CQ location. It's just that it's all it's all done virtually, you know, similar to, you know, when you're having a Zoom or, or a WebEx meeting, um, you know, you can get all your questions answered. So, so that allows us to um, th- th- that allows us to offer uh, you know, m- many more hours of service to our members, off hours, and those type of things. And you know, right now we've got about ten percent of our new membership, uh, new membership growth coming in through virtual appointments. And um, you know, our, our virtual member advisor team continues to grow. But you know, we believe that that is probably the wave of the future: um, the the virtual banking centers. And we've uh, we've made a pretty big investment in that here at CQ.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you guys are making very smart investments. And um, I heard somewhere that COVID sped up digitization by at least a decade. So I'm I'm not surprised that that's the wave of the future.
1: Yeah, you're 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 spot on. You're spot on with that. And uh, you know, I I have my, my children are very tech savvy and the, yeah. you know they they would much prefer to jump on a WebEx or a zoom if they need financial advice at you know as opposed to getting in the car and you know driving to a, a branch or whatever, especially given uh you know the cost of gas and the time value of money and and all that nowadays so uh you know we're 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 gonna we're gonna really push the uh, virtual financial center going forward for sure
0: and let's talk about inflation um so we're seeing rates of inflation that we haven't seen since the early 80s, somewhere between 8 and 9%. So what does this mean to a bank and specifically a credit union when inflation gets this high?
1: Well, it- obviously, obviously um, you know, the Fed's, you know started to raise rates here and it looks like they're going to be raising rates for, you know, the, the, the near future here. And, you know, that's, that's put, um, that's, that's obviously driven up our, uh, loan rates as we, as, as rates increase in the market here, we, we have to, we have to, uh, you know, increase our, our loan rates to maintain our margins. So we can make a, a profit to stay in business. But, um, you know, we're also, you know, uh, raising our deposit rates to uh, in response to the to, to the uh, fed raising rates as well but um the biggest impact of the CQ and probably the most financial institutions if you look at our um, expense structure our biggest expenses is is in our employees our, you know compensation employee benefits and all that and um, you know we have chosen to Uh, increase our minimum wage uh, here in 2022. uh, We we recently went to $15 an hour and uh, I indications are in the marketplace that we're, we're most likely going to be going higher in the future here but um you know the biggest impact from inflation has been on the fact that we have raised those minimum wages for a couple hundred people that we have working in our branches which which is a very good thing for them especially in this inflationary environment but that has the um that has the the trickle up impact of um you know, if you if you raise those wages, you know, from the top down, then you you know, you got to make sure that your managers are being properly paid uh, and everything. So it has a it has a tendency to drive your overall compensation cost structure up, um, uh, up. Uh, you know, especially with the uh, job market that we have right now, where yeah. where you know, it, sometimes it's hard to find um, you know talent with the job market being as tight as it is. So the biggest impact to us has been on uh, on compensation, but you know, and we obviously are managing all of our you know expenses across the board, try to make sure we're doing things as efficiently as we can, so we can um, pay the salaries that we, we need to pay here at CQ to uh, attract um, attract. The, the talent that we want to bring into the organization, attract and maintain uh, the talent that we have in the organization. That's, that's a key point right now is retaining your, um, your existing employees.
0: Definitely. Yes. Yeah, much more expensive to lose an employee um, and, and have to go out and find one than it is to just retain them.
1: So. Yes. There's a, there's a, obviously there's a cost with onboarding and, and training Someone and last thing you want them to do is you know spend six or 12 months uh training someone and, and getting them to know the business to have them to jump ship to go work yeah. you know somewhere else once they've developed the skills so you know retention is very important and I know we're doing everything we can here at CQ to um uh you know promote job satisfaction and and high employee and engagement scores and uh, you know, w- one of the things that we found here is, you know, communication is the key. So we have, um, you know, ongoing um, all employee uh, meetings or webexes right now to, to let everybody know what's going on around the organization. And we're very, also very um, high on. Uh, making sure that all of our employees understand, you know, the goals that we have, both the the, the financial goals and uh, the membership goals and the uh, member experience goals. And, uh, you know, so everybody in the organization is aware of all those goals and everybody knows, you know, what their contribution is. You know, to to maintaining the 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 overall goals of the organization, and um, you know, you can be in a back office like I obviously have the accounting function here, but you know, we, you know, you can be in the back office function and say, well, how am I going to help membership growth or whatever? But um, you know, when when somebody has a member in the branch, and if they're having an issue and they need to call in the finance and accounting, you know, to to get a wire or or some some other um situation resolved, um, you know, being able to answer that phone in my area and, and, and quickly respond to the member is important because that, that drives the member satisfaction and, uh, you know, it, it, it helps with the, the you know, the, the, the relationship with that member. So everybody in the organization, whether it's frontline or back office, everybody in the organization knows, you know, what their contribution is to the, to the,
0: to the end goals. Yeah, that's important for people to know that the work they're doing matters and uh, it's making a difference. So recently, CQ exceeded $5 billion in assets, as I mentioned. And to celebrate that, you guys are donating a $1 million to the community for, for grants over the next five years. So why is it important for businesses to have good relations with their communities? And I assume it's especially important for credit unions.
1: Yeah. Well, for businesses, uh, obviously having good relationships with your, uh, communities it not only fosters good uh, will amongst the locals who are also your potential customers, but it also helps the community thrive as a whole. And the credit union movement was built on the idea of helping people in the communities we serve. And CQ has always embraced that commitment. And we take, um, our responsibility to support our communities very seriously here. Um, a couple of years ago, we formed the CQ Maryland Foundation, which um, uh, is CQ's philanthropic arm, which aims to create a, um, a stronger Maryland by uh, uh, empowering our members' access to education, and and we support health and wellness, wellness all throughout the state. And the foundation really helps us with their, you know, serves as the catalyst for our for our community development. And, um, you know, we awarded one hundred fifteen thousand dollars in scholarships um, uh, earlier this year, and uh, we've over the past probably ten years, we've we've donated, we've we've contributed almost eight hundred fifteen thousand dollars to scholarships since um, our our scholarship in, uh, pro- program was wow. was founded. Um, Uh, You know, we gave away one hundred twenty thousand dollars to local nonprofits and charity partners, including the Kennedy Krieger Institute and Special Olympics and um, you know, we, every October of every year, we have, a, what we call a kindness day where we solicit, um, our employees as well as m- many of the businesses throughout the state to perform acts of kindness, um, through the kindness campaign. And, you know, it's just a way of, you know, getting people to treat people with respect and showing appreciation. And, um, like you said, recently we committed, you know, um, a, a million dollars, um, uh, in in community grants over the next 5 years because we just believe it's very important to to give back to the to the community and um you know we believe if, if we have a presence in the community that that's one way for us to build awareness and to you know quite frankly grow our membership base so um you know we're going to do we're going to do everything we can um you know to 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 give back to the community
0: and how can a company Um, maybe decide how much is appropriate to spend on community uh, and and benefiting the community. It's such a hard thing to quantify the benefits of that spend, although a lot of them are priceless. Um, What's your advice on how much?
1: Yeah, it's funny you ask that question because I just run something on that the other day. You know, we, um, you know, based on CQ's budget for 2022, uh, it, it looks like we're, we're giving about 2% of our projected, uh, earnings, you know, back to the community. So I, I don't know if that's going to be our goal going forward. Um, uh, you know, 2% based on our earnings this year is about $600,000. And that that's what, that's what, um, you know, we're hoping to be the total, um, give out of the foundation back to the community this year. So, um, uh, you know, it is a fine balance, you know, like you said, it, it, um, it, it is, some of it is priceless and, you know, you got to kind of look at it as almost being a marketing budget that's, you know, in, yeah. in, in that it, um, you know, helps you build awareness and, you know, not only that, but we have, we have a lot of employees here at, uh, CQ who really value community service. They, they want to participate. They, they, they want to volunteer and, um, uh, you know, not only is it, you know, helping get CQ's name out there, not only is it helping, you know, the communities we serve, but it's, it's also rewarding to the employees who, you know, who, who, are helping, uh, who, helping, who are helping others in need out there in the community. It's, it's a very rewarding experience. I know personally I've done a lot of volunteer uh, work over the years and, you know, it, it's very satisfying. <laughs> it's, it's very satisfying at the end of the day.
0: And you mentioned this, but you recently won the CUNA Finance Council's 2022 Professional of the Year Award. So first of all, CUNA, it's Credit Unions of North America.
1: What uh, Credit Union National Association.
0: Okay. So what does this award mean to you and your career?
1: Yeah, I was incredibly honored to uh, be recognized by, by my peers for such a pre- 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 prestigious award, and um, you know, it, it we accomplished we accomplished a lot here at CQ. You know, during the the pandemic and keep uh, keeping our members connected. You know, during a hard time. And you know, uh, I guess it's I guess it's the body of my work that I've done over the years. I've served on a lot of boards around uh, around town here at that universities and um, you know the 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 credit union uh, foundation of Maryland. And uh, I also served on the uh, Maryland council on economic education. I was chair of that where we, uh, uh, you know, educate teachers throughout the state. We can talk a little bit more about that in, in a couple of minutes here, but um, you know, I, I think the, uh, the award was very humbling to me. I think it's, it was the result of my body of work over the years, the things I've done. We talked about the CFO round table, the things I did with the, Kuna Finance Council, but, um, you know, I've always, you know, i always strive to, you know, help, uh, help others, you know, uh, my peers at, at the, at, at the CFO level. And, you know, it's, it's not even so much a CFO. There, there are a lot of people out there who want to be CFOs who, um, you know, I've, I've mentored over the years and given advice to, and, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a tremendous, it was a tremendous honor. I mean, you know, we've got over um, 1,300 members in the CUNA Finance Council and to be recognized as, you know, the professional year, it was, it was very humbling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What an amazing achievement and congratulations on that. So are there any other awards that you would like to win in your professional life or any other things you have your sights set on?
1: Yeah, when I look back on it, I mean, I I was on the board at Towson University, and I got the Volunteer of the Year award there. And I was a couple of years ago the Baltimore Business Journal Finance Professional of the Year here in in Baltimore. And you know, I'm an honorary member of Beta Gamma Sigma. And, you know, I don't, I don't know professionally that there's a lot more I want to achieve at this point. I've actually only got a couple more years to go in my career. And my main goal right now is to, you know, develop the people that I'm working with here at at CQ to, uh, you know, continue the the legacy that we've created here in, in finance and accounting at CQ. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, jokingly, I guess my my next goal was to be grandfather of the year with my five grandchildren, but uh, <laughs> that's not that's not a professional, <laughs> that's not a professional award.
0: Yeah. Sounds like you spend a lot of time giving back or paying forward. Um, very commendable.
1: Yeah, I think with being part of the credit union movement, where one of our goals is just to drive that community involvement, I just felt it was something that I not only needed to do because of my role here at CQ. but something that I wanted to do and you know, I found it to be extremely rewarding to you know be on those volunteer volunteer boards.
0: And still on awards for the third consecutive year CQ received a top spot on Forbes list of best in state credit unions and uh, they were placed in the top five to be exact. So how have you been able to accomplish this now three times in a row and Specifically, what's been your contribution to this accomplishment?
1: Yeah, just to talk a little bit about the award itself. Um, I mean, for Forbes, when they when they when they give out this award, they they partner with market research firms and and do in-depth um, interviews with you know uh, citizens in, in all fifty states and uh, regarding their banking relationship. So. This award is is, is particularly special to CQ, and that it reflects the positive sentiment from our past and, and current members. So we're we're thankful that they they recognize the the good work that we're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're we're just so thrilled that CQ is not only recognized in the top five of the list, but you know, more so, it's a, a direct reflection of of member feedback. So, um, you know. I mean, it, it goes back to, you know, what I talked about at the beginning of the podcast here, Megan. I mean, we, uh, you know, we strive for member relationships and, you know, and and building that member relationship. We've, we've never been focused on um, uh, uh, pro- driving profit or profitability here. We, we've been a firm believer over the years that if we... Develop the relationships that our members that the, that the that the profitability will will follow. And when I when I talk about profitability, I mean it, it's nice to have you know a member come to us for an indirect auto loan or a CD or whatever. But we're we're really looking to deepen those relationships. Um, you know, you know, just by asking the the questions, you know, when when we're face to face with the member, either in person in the branches or at our virtual financial centers, now is it is there anything we can be doing as a as a credit union to to you know help you with your financial journey? Be it you know, do you need an auto loan, a home equity? Are you Looking to refinance your mortgage? Do, are you okay with your credit card? And can we offer any advice out of how to manage your debt or? Um, you know, we also have a um, we also have a, 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 a arm of CQ here called CQ Financial Partners, which which is our wealth management uh, uh, the part of our credit union where if members want to you know look at some more sophisticated investments like annuities and 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 stocks and bonds and those type of things, and we can't provide that service within the credit union itself. We can direct them to CQ Financial Partners, and you know. <laughs> hook them up with a, a wealth management professional who can help them with, um, you know, their investment needs. So we kind of branched out in that area over the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, we, um, you know, we just continue to do the things that we, we, that, that, you know, help our members and, you know, we're, you know, being $5 billion, that might sound like a lot, but relative to the big financial institutions that are, you know, trillions of dollars or whatever. We're, we're a small fish in the pond. So we have to be, um, we have to be aware of, you know, where we spend our, our limited resources on, you know, marketing and te- technological developments and all those type of things. But we focus, we survey our members on a regular basis and we focus on uh, spending money throughout the organization that will, uh, improve that member experience that that's uh, we, we've got a whole team of professionals here at CQ that do nothing but you know uh, look at the member experience and ha- and how we can improve that for them and and we make investments uh, you know accordingly. So I guess that's you know one of the reasons we've been able to get that top five spot you know th- three years running here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd like to come bank at CQ. It sounds, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a wonderful place to do your banking.
1: I'll see if we can qualify you. <laughs>
0: um, so you mentioned this also, but that you've created a roundtable for finance professionals to network and share information. So talk to us about what was the impetus behind this and, and how exactly it works. First of all, I have
1: to give credit to Bill uh, Kennedy, who's a fellow CFO here in Maryland. Uh, it, it, was his, it was his idea. And, uh, you know, he, he came up with the question, you know, how do we take all the work that we've done on a national level at the Kuna Finance Council and bring it, you know, bring it local? And what I mean by that is, you know, the Kuna Finance Council, like I said, has over 1,300 members and we have a... Uh, There's a website where you can go to interact with your peers uh, uh, on a regular basis. If you've got questions about how to do something in your your finance or, or accounting shop and you know, uh, there's an annual, um, there's an annual, um, conference where, you know, most of our members, uh, Kuna Finance Council members attend. And, um, the biggest feedback that I got from being chair over this, you know, for, for two years was the fact that, you know, that people value networking as the top. Uh, the, the, the top reason for joining the council. So, and by networking, I mean, being able to reach out to your peers or, you know, attend events or webinars or uh, podcasts like you're doing just to learn more about the, uh, about the business. So, you know, Bill took the idea and said, is there anything that we can, you know, do locally here? So we came up with the ideas, like, why don't we just start a quarterly all day session Uh, through the uh, Maryland D.C. Credit Union Association. And why don't we... Bring, you know, see if we, if CFOs would want to come in similar to what they do at the national convention on an annual basis, would they be willing to come in on a quarterly basis just to sit down for all day and, you know, talk about the business. So the, the format of the, the day was I, w- I would basically, you know, spend the first hour talking about, you know, what we were doing at CQ and, and ask around the room, you know, just issues that, uh, you know, my, my peers were, were facing and we, we didn't limit it to just CFOs. We included all Financial professionals, you know, because like I said earlier, a lot of people out there, um, you know, strive to be CFOs or at, at their organizations, possibly as a career goal. And you know, it's it, it was good for them to have the ability to interact with other CFOs to see what we're doing. And um, you know, so so we 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 spent an hour, hour and a half just talking about that. Then we, then we would always have an outside vendor come in. You know, somebody like the Federal Home Loan Bank or some asset liability management firm, uh, you know, to just talk, you know, for a couple hours about, um, you know, opportunities, you know, we might have or just to give us an education on, you know. Uh, what's going out there with investments? What's going on out there with uh, asset liability management or borrowings or, or whatever we chose as a topic for the meeting? And we would have a vendor to come in and then we'd have a couple hour wrap up at the end of the day, just, to, you know, talk about things we had learned from the vendor and just to keep the conversation going on, you know, what our respect is respective shops are doing like i said earlier all of us have our uh, unique fields of membership so we really are more credit unions are more than willing to professionals are more will, than willing to share you know what's going on in their respective shops um uh, you know because of that limited field of membership so people are willing to share ideas and uh, it got a lot of traction to where um Pre-pandemic, we were having up to 80, 85 um, CFOs and finance professionals come in from Maryland, D.C. and the surrounding states, um, you know, for this all-day session. Then the pandemic hit. We had to go virtual with it. and We're just starting up the uh, in-person meetings again here in the fall. So... Um, it's, it's just been very rewarding and it, it obviously allows you to meet a lot of, um, a, lo- a lot of your peers around town. So if you do have a question, you just pick up the phone and give them a call or shoot them an email. And, you know, it just makes, uh, it, it, I know it's made my job easier over the years. And hopefully I've been able to return the favor, you know, through the networking and, and help other people too, who might be facing issues in their respective credit unions.
0: Yeah the fact that you were able to get 85 finance professionals to spend an entire day speaks to the value of of that round table.
1: Yes it, it was uh it was it's been widely successful it, it we we thought about trying to get it going on a national level but when you think about there, there are a lot of credit unions, you know, in the Maryland DC and surrounding state regions. So where, you know, if you're in Northern Virginia, Southern Pennsylvania or Delaware, where we had people driving in, uh, you know, you could be in, uh, you can be in Baltimore in an hour, hour and a half from most of those locations. So people were willing to make the drive in and uh, you know, obviously, to have kept that going for seven years. And even through the pandemic, obviously, uh, we must be adding some value to the the work that's being done, um, uh, you know, in that, in that, you know, Bill and I have kind of taken a step back, uh, you know, seven years of volunteer work uh, time, it was got to be time to turn it over to some other uh, 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 individuals, which we which we've done, and I'm very, con- and we're still going to be part of part of the process, but, um, I'm very confident that we build a foundation here and that's, uh, that round table is going to be something that can, that continues here in uh, Maryland, D.C. and the surrounding
0: states. And in the course of these roundtables, what's the most common challenge you hear? <laughs> you know, it's really funny, but, um, uh, prior, uh, prior
1: to the pandemic, um, there, you know, uh, retention and attracting, uh, you know, talent in, into the credit unions was a big thing, and that only got harder here during the yeah. the pandemic. Um, uh, you know, with you, you know, you know, a lot of people. You know, if they if they have the ability to work remotely, um, they're they're electing to do so. So I, I know here at CQ, we're kind of running a hybrid model right now where if you want to come into the office, um, uh, you're more than welcome to come in the office. If you want to work from home, uh, remotely, like you've been doing for the past two years, that works, that works also. So we're trying to find the balance right now about, you know, how many days a week, you know, should we have people in the office and all those kind of things, but you always face, uh, the other side that you know, people may opt to leave uh, if you if you uh, ask them to come into the office uh, on a regular basis. Now that yeah. they've been working. For a couple of years, so it's it's a challenge that we're all facing. But you know, we're we're making it work here at CQ. Um, you know, the executive team, obviously, which I am a member of, we're we're trying to be in the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays on a fairly regular basis. So if our staff wants to come in and have in-person meetings, which we 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 still want to do, um, you know, obviously, you know, there's such a great benefit of being in person to person. Um, you know, I happen to be you know, attend the board meetings here at CQ. It's it's so much easier to sit around the board table and to read the the board the board members. You know, are, are they understanding what we're saying? Are they agreeing with what we're saying? It's so much harder to, to read the room on on a WebEx. You know, when you can only see a you know a couple people at a time, it really makes it hard to read the room. So there's significant value in in face-to-face meetings. And I know we're trying to find a, the, the perfect balance of that here at CQ. And I, I would imagine that a lot of, uh, it, uh, organizations are struggling with, you know, that, you know, remote work environment and in person and all that kind of stuff, what to do going forward. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a balancing act. Yeah. So, so that, that's one of the things that's going on right now and, you know, right now we're obviously all dealing with the, with the rising rate environment and, uh, you know most of us most of the credit unions like the banks we 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 um you know we 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 um you know we're, our our earnings will continue to you know be solid here in the rising rate environment but you got you got to be aware of the fact that you know loan like i said loan rates are going up so Loan demand is probably is is most likely going to slow down. We've already seen that in the in the mortgage business, where mortgage applications are half of what they were a year ago, and you know there's obviously pressure to raise our deposit rates to stay competitive. Uh, you know, with the online banks and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's um you know, changing interest rates obviously have a big impact on profitability of the balance sheet on on the net interest margin and everything. So, you know, that's been a big topic of discussion lately. You know, what are people doing with you know, with their loan rate rates and deposit rates. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that, you know, it's funny you mention this because I just had a conversation with my CEO here uh, earlier this week about, you know, we need to start be looking ahead here to 2023 and 2024 because we possibly could be going into another recession here right now. And we know that in a recession, you know, members, uh, obviously have, a, some of them have a harder time paying their bills and, you know, we need to be able to work with the members, you know, through those relationships we have to, you know, be able to, you know, keep the, uh, you know, keep, you know, keep them being able to, you know, uh, pay, pay their loans and, and work with them if they run into trouble. So, Uh, You know, the the, uh, looming recession is also something out there that I think we all, you know, all of us, uh, you know, CFOs need to be concerned about
0: right now because it will have an impact on our bottom line at some point. Yeah, I I read somewhere that you don't know you're in a recession until you're two quarters in. So (laughs) I often wonder if we're already there.
1: Yeah, first quarter was negative growth and uh, a lot of people are projecting that we may already be in a recession here when they release the second quarter GDP a couple of weeks from now. And I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't feel like a recession right now. I go out there, you know, my wife and I obviously got to restaurants and all that kind of stuff. And it still seems like the economy's, <laughs> you know, doing fairly well here, but you know, the, the impact of um, in, in, you know, inflation and increasing gas price and all, it, you know, it's got to hit the pocketbook at some point. So, um, you know, we just want to you know, make sure that we're, that we're there to meet the member needs. I mean, we're seeing uh, big increases in, you know, cre- uh, credit card uh, activity right now just because I think more, you know, with the price of everything, I think more people are maybe starting to build up those credit card balances and all those kind of things yeah. and that, you know, that go along with a slowing economy and, and rising prices.
0: So speaking of things like roundtables and Kuna, what are the benefits um, of of having a peer-to-peer network and networking in general?
1: Yeah, I think um, all of us have, I'll just throw out some examples here right now, all of us have various policies and procedures, you know, Uh, That we have to have, uh, you know, in in the on the financing side shop. We got investment policies. We got derivative policies. We got impermissible uh, policies. You know, we've got policies all over the place. So, uh, you know, uh, having a network, you can always reach out to your others and say, you know, what what are what are you what are the limits you're placing in your policies? You know, how much liquidity do you want to have in your organization? Do you have any? you know, concentration risk problems, you know, too heavy and indirect autos or the mortgage business or whatever, but just, uh, you know, being able to to talk to other credit unions and see what they're doing. And, uh, you know, we all have a common regulator, the um, the NCUA, the NCU NCUA, I mean, I'm sorry, the NCAA, NCUA is our, is our regulator and um, National Credit Union Administration is, is our regulator. And, you know, they're in all the shops around town on, a, on an annual basis, mostly on an annual basis. So, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to have these roundtables and to be able to pick up the phone and say, oh, I see, you know, the regulators were just in your shop last month, at, you know, that where they're coming into. Uh, my credit union in a couple months. Here, is there anything I should be looking for? You know, what is the focus of their examinations? Um, uh, you know, what are the things that we should be prepared to answer when they come in here? So, you know, that things like that, and you know, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your investment portfolios in this uh, volatile rate environment? Just you know, anything related to you know, the, the finance and accounting functions, you know, it's, it's just nice to be able to talk to other people about what they're doing so you don't have to reinvent the wheel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. So lastly, as a CFO, what's keeping you up at night? We've talked about talent attrition, and retention and inflation. Maybe those are the two things that are keeping you up at night.
1: Yeah, I think it's all all of the above. Um Obviously, we need to keep our net interest margin strong, you know, in, in, in this in, in this environment, because like I said, we're probably going to start to see some credit losses uh, in the industry here going forward if we are, in fact, in, in a recession. So, uh, you know, we, we just. You know, we need to keep our earnings stable and, you know, we, we have an enterprise risk management function here uh, at the organization. We have we have a chief risk officer whose role it is to just identify all the risk throughout the um, throughout the organization. And, you know, the ones that I believe we are most focused on right now are what are, what are, like you just said, what are the risk of a recession, uh, you know, and, and just retention and attracting You know, new employees, and and just being able to, uh, like I said earlier, just determine how to allocate our limited resources. We're starting to put together our our CQ's budget for 2023, and you know we're making everybody go through an exercise uh, through the strategic planning process to you know identify any specific products or expenditures that they would like to make in their respective areas and you know a cfo uh, uh, myself and the rest of my the executive leadership team we need to go through and prioritize those um uh, possible expenditures for next year because quite frankly we can't do everything we like i said earlier we're going to focus on the ones that provide the greatest member value and Uh, uh, those are the ones that we're going to, you know, uh, spend the most of our resources on in 2023. And I can tell you a lot of that is just continued development of our, of our, our, of our uh, channels, uh, you know, online banking, you know, mobile banking uh, and uh, the virtual banking center that I talked about earlier. I know we're going to be spending, you know, dollars in each one of those respective areas.
0: Steve, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Thank you very much, Megan. It was a real pleasure speaking with you and I uh, you know, look forward to speaking with you in the future.
0: Yeah, i really enjoyed speaking with you as well and hearing about all your experiences and the resulting insights. And I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And I wish you and Siku all the best. And to our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then, take care.